Party, uh, the acronym stands for Chimeric Antigen Receptor T-cells. Basically, this genetically engineered T-cell, as you know, T-cell as a subset of the lymphocytes that are involved in killing tumor or fighting infection. So they are the guardian of the kingdom. Basically, they are the soldiers that, as you know, patrol our human body and uh, anything that doesn't look normal or foreign, they attack it and kill it. Welcome to the Regenerative Warrior Podcast, Doctor's Edition. One of the fastest growing regenerative medicine and anti-aging podcasts in the world. Each and every Tuesday and Thursday, I talk to the top experts to show doctors how to market, manage, and magnify their practice to help more people and make more money. Each episode is short and to the point without wasting your time with pointless conversation. Learn the skills to be successful without traveling to seminars or paying for expensive consulting fees. Are you ready? Because I am. I'm Dr. Ross Carter, and it's time to start the Regenerative Warrior Podcast now. Two things before we get started. The views expressed by our guests are not necessarily those of Dr. Carter or this podcast. One of our podcast partners has just announced special pricing for our listeners. Wharton's Jelly Allograph for $475 per cc. You heard that right, only $475. White papers are available. This is for a limited time, so act now. Why pay double or triple the price from other providers? To learn more or to order, text your name and the word JELLY, J-E-L-L-Y, to 561-962-1231. Write that down. It's 561-962-1231. On with the show. Hi, this is Dr. Ross Carter with the Regenerative Warrior Podcast. Today, I have a special guest. If you would introduce yourself, please. Yeah. So my name is Abba Zuber. I'm a physician scientist. So basically, I'm the medical director for our stem cell therapy facility at Mayo Clinic, Florida. My medical specialty is transfusion medicine, which involves blood banking, you know, effluesis, where we do the stem cell collection for bone marrow transplant, mm-hmm. and then the GMP facility for manufacturing you know, clinical grade cells. And so you had told me a little bit about CAR-T as well. So could you tell us more? What is CAR-T? I've heard a lot about it, but I'm not really familiar with it. Well, CAR-T, the acronym stands for Chimeric Antigen Receptor T-cells. Basically, this genetically engineered T-cell, as you know, T-cell as a subset of the lymphocytes that are involved in killing tumor or fighting infection. So they are the guardian of the kingdom. Basically, they are the soldiers that, as you know, patrol our human body and uh, anything that doesn't look normal or foreign, they attack it and kill it. You know, these cells, they work as a suicide. Uh, so <laughs> every time they grab a cell, they just explode. People don't think about that. But really? That, that's what they are unique. The other thing also, they secrete factors that make the foreign invaders, you know, feel hostile, the environment not habitable. But really, the primary way, the killer ones, they just attack and explode. And that's how they work. Now, are CAR T cells natural in the body already, or are they engineered? They are engineered. So there are two properties of immune cells that, okay. I mean, everybody knows about antibodies, right? Yes. So if your body makes antibody that attack, foreign bacteria or tumor, and this antibody is very specific. Now, there is also cellular immunity, where actually the cells, they have to recognize that this either bacteria or cell is abnormal that it needs to go. 
But that is very tricky. Even though it's very effective, the recognition of a cell as something foreign is very complex. Why? Because the cell needs to know what is self and versus what is not. And right. Then you use this TCR, comp- uh, it's a called T-cell receptor complex. You have to have a type of that complex for you to identify certain antigens or certain tumors. You know? So basically, these two types of immune response one is highly specific, the other one is very complex but effective. So what CAR T is basically a re-engineered T cell that borrow from the antibody recognition capacity, so the specificity of an antibody and the TCR complex that your cellular immunity has. So it's kind of a chimera, you know, like where you have an antibody and that TCR complex together and been expressed on a T cell. So there you go, you have one, uh, two arms of immune uh, system all combined together and make it very lethal. And not only that, you can select even self-antigen to be a target. So actually most of the cars that are very available now, either commercially or in development, are targeting self Antigen. So the current treatment that we use for CAR target lymphoma, B-cell lymphoma. So we use a marker called CD19 or even some try CD20, but the most common is CD19. This is a marker for B-lymphocyte. Every lymphocyte, B-lymphocyte in your body has this marker. So your body cannot attack it. So basically what we are doing is re-engineering this. Um, you get an antibody that can bind to this CD19, then fuse it with the TCR complex. So basically you are re-educating through genetic engineering the, the killer cells to recognize this B19 as for it. Now, is this done in the body or is this done externally? It's external. So the process is if you have a lymphoma that is a B-cell type, so you come to us, we collect your lymphocyte by apheresis, and then we either send it to a lab or mainly a company that have this viral construct that has both the antibody recognition part of this CD19 and then the TCR. So basically they transpect the killer cells, the T uh, cells to express this complex that would allow the cells to recognize the B cell. So this is again, the B cell at uh, lymphoma is malignancy of the B cells. And the body cannot kill those B cells because they recognize them as as cells. So basically that's how it is. You just re-engineer the T cell to recognize even cell antigen. So it does go after itself as well. Yeah. So all the B cells would be wiped out. Right. Every one of them. Good and bad. Yeah. Good and bad. But it's very targeted. It's not that you are wiping out all lymphocytes. So still non-B cells would still exist, but that's basically the principle. So is it similar? It reminds me of like the treatment for leukemia, where you irradiate the immune system, kill off the immune system, and then do a bone marrow. 
and restarts. Yeah, it's just a little cleaner. The the radiation would affect everything, not only the immune system. So you're knocking out a specific type of cell throughout the entire body. Now, can that affect the patient? I mean, because it kills the good ones too. Yeah, it's just like you take immunosuppressive medication, there is risk of infection and other things. But interestingly, once it wiped out these B cells, and it keep the B cells at bay. But remember, the immune system is very complex. So the HeLa T cells, NK cells, others are all functioning. So truly, you are not globally immunosuppressed. Actually, with this treatment, the critical part is going through the therapy and coming out of it in a few months. Most patients, the most common uh, hazard to them for uh, yes. treatment-related morbidity is what we call cytokine release syndrome. Basically, the treatment triggers a storm of cytokine, a milieu of cytokine that makes that patient extremely sick, meaning febrile and and all that. And some people can actually die. die. Yeah. And the mortality, I mean, the first few trial in double digit now is around 7 to 10% mortality. So 7 to 10% can die from the actual treatment. But are these specifically for specific treatments right now? Yeah, mainly uh, diffuse large cell lymphoma. Okay. So lymphoma. So what is the mortality rate of lymphoma without treatment? Oh, especially for the ones, because usually it's done as a last resort. Uh-huh. Um, you're talking about 60 to 80%. So most people are going to die. Yeah. So yeah. now you've dropped it from 60 to 80% down to 10%. Yeah. Oh, well, that's a much better, that's better odds. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> now, the second side effect is neurotoxicity. And mm-hmm. we're still learning how, what is the mechanism? Is it the cells actually, this killer cells, re-engineered cells, get into the brain and attacking some neural cells or the meninges. Just so that you know, this antigen that we target, even CD19, even though it's, it's very specific to B cells, there is some uh, either aberrant expression somewhere in our body or antigen mimicry, something that looks like the antigen but not exactly. So it's possible that this chimeric antigen T cells might be getting to the brain and attacking the neural cells or the meninges. Uh, but it could also be to do with the cytokines that are released by these cells when they get activated. And when they see foreign or the tumors or whatever you design them to attack, yeah, they attack but they get excited and they release all this very toxic cytokine and some may get to the brain and cross the blood-brain barrier and cause this problem. So really, there's more to be known what exactly is a mechanism. So this two-storm, if you have the CRS, the cytokine release syndrome, comes a lot earlier within a week or so, the neurotoxicity tend to acquire a little bit later, maybe in about three to four weeks. But it's very effective treatment. Now, there are experimental targets. So obviously, you can see, so why just B cells? Right. Why not? Um, Something else. Yeah. The main thing is you need to find an antigen that is very specific to the disease. Otherwise, you're going to cause problems. So there are some bad clinical trials uh, that targeting an antigen that is also expressed in some sort of vital, you know, and then the mortality goes Right, go higher. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, but they found that this one is more specifically for this type yes. of lymphocyte yes. or lymphoma. Lymphoma, yes. yes. Okay. 
the other challenges, despite that all the lymphomas, the B-cell lymphomas, express this CD19, mm-hmm. maybe some that they don't, or the antigen kind of slightly change, it doesn't fit in well. So this meeting here in the relapse rate can be up to 50%. Really? Yeah, over a year, you know. So it's not a done deal. Now they're talking about double cars. Sorry for the interruption again. To find out more about this speaker, become a speaker on our show, have Dr. Carter present at your event or podcast, learn more about coaching, consulting, tissue allografts, exosomes, supplements, legal help, or how to create a million-dollar business card and dominate your area, we're here to help you. Just text your name and any question to 561-962-1231. Write that down. That's 561-962-1231. Or go to our website at drrosscarter.com to learn more. Don't forget about our current $475 Warden's Jelly Special. On with the show. You know, double cars is when you have two antigens, so you have two types of cars. One that targeted to like CD19, the other one CD20. These uh-huh. are all B-cell marker. Okay. So the idea is do both. If the one is kind of slightly changed or not expressed well, then you hit the two more cells on the other. Does that increase the chance of having more of a problem? Yeah. Exactly. The mortality rate yeah, will go yeah, up, right? Yeah, yeah. So, but there is so much... Um, uh, development, not only in uh, identifying target, but also in the CAR-T construct. You know, the way the car is engineered, they have first generation, second generation, third generation, right. and it depends on the number of co-stimulatory molecules that are engineered in the CAR-T construct. Mm-hmm. One thing with uh, cellular immunity, not only that the antigen needs to fit well into this group, the TCR, the T-cell receptor complex, and also it needs to be recognized by the HLA antigen. It also needs co-stimulatory molecules that would excite the immune cells. So you may have the right TCR complex, and the cells may recognize it, but it just doesn't get excited. So you need this co-stimulatory molecule to excite. And what happens is when that cell gets excited, it releases signals to activate more of the same. It's kind of a honeybee, you know. It sends out signals, and maybe you get rapid expansion of the cells, the engineered cells, even under normal condition, when T cells get excited, they send out signals, you get rapid multiplication of that clone of T cells that recognize this antigen. So it's, it's very complex, as you might imagine, immunity evolved just like human evolved over millions of years. So it's just so complex. But I think this is one way to trick the immunity and take the good aspect of the two arms of immune response, the antibody, which is highly specific, and the cellular component, which is highly effective, very lethal. So you mix them together, you get a good uh, agent. And then these cells, when they get in, they divide. So if you inject, let's say, two million cells... Is this through an IV? Yeah, IV. So it's given... Is this through an IV? Yeah, IV. So it's given just like we do the regular transplant. Yeah. So it's it's pretty good. And um, worldwide, actually, everywhere is talking about car and trying to develop new construct, you know. Yeah, what is the future for this? I mean, so how long has this been around? The... 
first commercial product was licensed last year, I think early last year. Oh, this is brand new. Yeah, it's brand new. Oh my goodness. But there are several clinical trials going on. Currently, there are only two products licensed by the FDA, but there are others coming along. I think the next one might be Juno. So there are a lot of clinical trials, some even trying solid tumor. The problem with solid tumor is access. You know, the cells they have to get in the can tumor. You, yeah. Can you inject directly into it? Yeah, it's possibility, but still the cells will squeeze out, you inject them, it's a solid tissue, right? Uh, okay. And then the other thing, solid tumor, they create a perimeter around themselves. They secrete Barrier. factors that kind of suppress immune cells and all that. It's kind of, uh, it's amazing, this little bug is, I mean, the cancers. So they are almost like a, a human colony. I mean, they have all this complex network and how they can establish a micro environment that no immune cells will come, how they can uh, trick them and how they can screen factors that uh, would just send this. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so it's kind of interesting. But I think we are learning more and more and we're taking advantage of what we know to, right. to kind of trick them and make them more effective. Is it only for trial use, like clinical use? It's not being used as a traditional therapy in a regular doctor's office. This is only through clinical trial. No, these two commercial products, they are licensed for diffuse large cell lymphoma. One is more for pediatrics, I think up to the age of 25. And then the kite is mainly adults. But it's all targeting the B-cells, lymphomas. Now, there are cars targeting, let's say, multiple myelomas. So those are under clinical trials. They are not something that any doctor would can do. Yet. Yeah. The other thing is the cost. The cost Yeah. must be high. Yeah. They are the most expensive biologic agent that I know of. What does that mean? Give me an idea. Yeah, so one treatment, yes. which is usually one treatment, to get the product from the company, not what the hospital charges, is $375,000. For one treatment? For one treatment. So if you add the cost of hospitalization, yeah. management of any... $400,000. It's close to a million dollars. A million? Yes. My goodness. Yeah. So no hospital that I know that is offering it that is making any money at this stage. Is it covered by any insurance plan? To some extent. But I can tell you it's barely to cover the cost, if at all. You know, some the insurance will cover the cost of getting the medication. I mean, it's really expensive. Now, having said that, with everything new, you know, it, the price would well, go down. Yeah. Uh, with a lot of people doing it, I hear in China they figure out a way to do it, and maybe they make it cheaper. But I've been to China. Uh, I've visited many medical centers. Some that are really good and follow the rules, the outcome is pretty comparable to what happens here. But from what I hear, there are a lot of clinics under the rocks that are doing it. And this is not something like a PRP or something you <laughs> inject. This is a real killer, you yeah. know, and the mortality can be up to 70%, according to someone of my friend was telling me that it's, it's really bad. But, but the government is really trying hard to clamp down on those because they don't understand. They just find a way to re-engineer the cells without all the... I mean, the key thing with CAR-T 
is not just the treatment, it's all the support that you need to provide to the patient. When CRS happens, you have to do it in an ICU intensive care unit setting. You need to have a neurology support for the neurotoxicity. So it's a multidisciplinary approach. So it's not just getting the car, it's how you manage the patient. There's also patient selection. You need to select the right patient. I mean, this treatment it tends to be more towards patients that know other options are available. Mostly they have failed conventional treatment, so their disease is quite aggressive. But I can tell you it's a miracle treatment because this patient, they are at the brink, you know, the yeah. end, and then they go through it and they are complete remission, you know. How many patients have you worked with? Um, in our center, we then about seven. We haven't done, this is in the Mayo, Florida. Mayo Enterprise, I think maybe we're talking about 200 or something. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. quite a few. Yeah. yeah. Mayo, Rochester, you know, they're quite bigger than Mayo, Florida. And then Arizona. So combined, uh, I think uh, uh, maybe more than 200. Wow. Yeah. So what do you think is the future of this type of therapy? Oh, it's going to be great. You know, like I was telling you, there's a generation of these cars that are re-engineered to be less toxic. We are understanding how we manage this toxicity when they happen. If you look at the historically, all these monoclonal antibody therapies, the names are so hard for me to even pronounce, <laughs> but they are quite effective, you know. So we are really harnessing what we know about immunity yeah and uh, utilizing it in treatment. So I think the future is bright, especially when we figure out how we can get this car into the tissue, into the solid organ. And be able to afford it at the same time yes. and not kill the patient. Yeah, not kill the patient. <laughs> not kill the patient. <laughs> yeah. Is there any place or anything that could be related to using CRISPR technology? Yes, maybe this is very hypothetical. Maybe you, if you can modify an antigen using CRISPR and then engineer a car that is just targeting that modified antigen. Now, you know, we're talking about using CRISPR technology in vivo, where you just inject the CRISPR, you know, complex protein. Right. It goes and modify an antigen so that you're making it very unique and then give a car that would kill that modified mutated antigen. Right, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, you yeah, cut off the yeah, bad one and then yeah, you kill it. Yeah, exactly. So, okay. Or use CRISPR to mark the bad ones and then send your killer cells to target only the ones that you mark. Right. So, I mean, the future is bright, I think. Uh, we would eventually find a way to cure cancer. But right. <laughs> you, you got one you're yeah. doing really well on. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's got to be exciting. That's yeah. got to be exciting. Well, thank you so much. You. I really appreciate uh, you speaking to our audience, yeah. and I'm sure they would appreciate it. Could you uh, give out your information so that people, if they want to contact yeah. you or find yeah. out more? So, again, my name is Abba Zuber. Um, and it's A-B-B-A. Right, yeah, Abba, like the the, the, the group, the group. Yeah, the easy group. to remember, but yeah. everybody. Yeah, yeah, and you can Google me, and you may find some video of me from Mayo Clinic about <laughs> stem cell in space. That's what people know me about. Stem cell in space. Yeah, we, we send stem cell to International Space Center. You guys did that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just heard about that. Yeah. So we're looking at effect of microgravity on uh, different types of stem cells. So. What? What happened? Yeah, so the primary goal was to first for my study is to see how microgravity affects uh, growth of stem cell. Uh, does it fluorofrate faster? You know, 
so what I do, I, you know, in the body, in every organ, as you know, there are stem cells, right? But they are only about 5%. In any given organ, mostly it's about 5%. So my job is really to collect stem cells for regenerative medicine. That's what I do clinically, and that's uh-huh. what I do. And there isn't enough. And think about it, if you want to do allergenic therapy, you have to grow the cells. So when you grow the stem cells, you stimulate them, they differentiate. Because naturally they are designed to keep their member intact. They do asymmetrical cell division. When they divide into two, one daughter cells stay exactly like their parents and one start differentiating. So at every given time, you have the same number of stem cells. So my basic research interest is how can we trick the stem cell to expand in a large number without affecting their quality and safety, you know, not transforming, so that you can get enough cells to treat large number of patients. So what I come to think about is what is one thing that affects our entire biology is, is gravity, actually. And we don't think about it, no. but gravity affects how tall we are, how our genes are expressed, how... I mean, everything about ourselves have gravity effect on it. So if you take it out, what would happen? And so that was the experiment. Yeah, that was the initial experiment. So we sent adherent stem cell, the mesenchymal stem cell, we sent hematopoietic stem cell, a leukemia cell line. So because I'm interested in cancer stem cell, because they're quite similar to normal stem cell, we send them to the International Space Station and we culture them, grow them for a month, and then have them sent back to our lab. So we've done a lot of studies, though the first step is count them. Basic yeah. thing, you know, do they grow more? And we had real time imaging also when they are at the station. So they send us uh, videos and all that. So the non-adherent cells, they grow a lot faster, you know, while the adherent cells grow maybe by about 10%. But what is remarkable, we see differential gene expression. We've seen different pathways of cytokine and growth factors that are affected. We've seen uh, signatures that resemble certain diseases like osteoporosis on on certain type of stem cell mesenchymal stem cells. So this is ongoing studies. We'll soon be publishing, and maybe I'll come back and... Yeah, yeah, well, I'm sure I'll see you again. (laughs) Yes. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Please subscribe to be notified of all new episodes, and also like and share this to help us grow. To find out more about this speaker, become a speaker on our show, to have Dr. Carter present at your event or podcast, learn more about coaching, consulting, tissue allographs, exosomes, supplements, legal help, or how to create a million-dollar business card to dominate your local area, we're here to help you. Just text your name and your question to 561-962-1231. Write that down. That's 561-962-1231. Or you can go to our website at drrosscarter.com. That's D-R-R-O-S-S-C-A-R-T-E-R.com to learn more. Until next time, this is Dr. Ross Carter signing off. Signing off.